Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Penn State 365 podcast. My name is Dylan Cowan, Crowley beat writer and recruiting analyst over at Indian Nation of the Rivals Network, covering Penn State athletics on and off the field of play and on the recruiting trail. I'm joined by my co-host, say Anthony Azan. Marty is now with us this week as he takes care of some family things right here before the holiday. Uh, but Anthony, uh, early sign period begins in less than 48 hours on Wednesday morning. Penn State's uh, 2023 recruiting class is coming together quite well here, obviously, as we near the end of the first portion of the cycle. We, of course, will have uh, one month to go until uh, National Sign Day in February, but 23 commitments for Penn State. Um, they added a couple here this month for this month after today uh, when they picked up Mount Vernon, Georgia athlete Cameron Wallace. A couple of guys are still out there for the Nittany Lions to potentially grab, but as we sit here less than 48 hours to go, I think Penn State fans have to like where this 2023 recruiting class stands. Have they missed on a couple of key guys through, along the way? Absolutely. Have they, however, hit on quite, on a large number of their top targets? Yes. Uh, and they really have finished strong over the last two weeks, as I just previously mentioned. But uh, less than 48 hours, what is your thoughts on where the class stands as of right now? Yeah, I believe it's ranked in the top 15 nationally, somewhere between 10 and 15, uh, I believe, is where it sits currently. But, yeah, I think – 13, 13. 13, so smack dab in the middle of that. But depending on, you know, how it finishes, I I think it's looked really well, especially over the last couple of weeks. You know, a great pickup, I think, with Mason Robinson. Kavion Keys was a really, really good pickup, probably one of the steals of the cycle for Penn State. And then also being able to get a prospect in Joseph Mupoyi, who, you know, has traits, has great athleticism, and there's potential there as well. Um, We talked about Cam Wallace previously. He's the guy that just committed to Penn State a few hours ago. He'll be a second running back in this class combined with London Montgomery. Um, I really like his athleticism. The name of his game is Speed. He's very, very fast. He's a track guy in high school down in Georgia. And he's very, very successful at it. So you know he's very fast. And that's what Penn State was attracted to with him in terms of pushing for his commitment. And he's really climbed up the board for them over the past few months. So it's a commitment that Penn State's very happy to take. And he's the definition of a senior riser, having a really, really solid senior year, both offensively and defensively. He's just an athlete. And he's a guy that it wouldn't shock me if a few years down the line, we're talking about him a lot on Saturdays. Yeah, he's a, he really is a superb athlete uh, and somebody that I think is going to help impact uh, Penn State in multiple ways, not just an offense, but I think this is a kid that you can plug in on a punt return, a kick return, and he can make something happen. He has uh, great speed, great agility, uh, and, and quality vision. Like you said, a, a true senior riser, somebody who's really burst onto the scene uh, over the last couple months, just actually took an official visit as well to Georgia Tech uh, this past weekend. Uh, Penn State, however, of course, did enough during their time with him last month uh, to stay in the lead and eventually earn that commitment uh, on Monday. Uh, he'll go along with London Montgomery, of course, in this 2023 recruiting class. Montgomery, who uh, committed to the program in the summer towards ACL, 
uh, as uh, his senior season neared and uh, was out for the year. So he is rehabbing from the injury. Penn State is set to return, of course, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, and as of right now, Kevon Lee. Uh, so going into next year, the Penn State running back room is is still looking awfully good. And Cameron Wallace, like you said, is somebody I think we could be talking about on Saturdays. Uh, maybe not next year, but 2024 and beyond, absolutely. I'm sure we'll see Wallace at some point next year just with how Penn State likes to rotate their running backs. But uh, I'm sure his biggest impacts are still a couple years away here. Um, going off that, uh, since we last talked, they they have picked some other up some other commitments uh, all on the defensive side. Defensive end Joseph uh, Mupoi uh, out of Oakdale, uh, Connecticut, teammate of Zion Tracy, uh, longtime target of the Nittany Lions. Uh, one time was considered a Michigan lean. But a guy that we really felt good about over at Indian Nation of where Penn State stood for him was all about him getting on campus. He got on campus two weekends ago. Penn State hit it out of the park, and it was an easy commitment from there for the Nittany Lions. They, of course, they also uh, circled back on Owen Mills, Maryland defensive end, Mason Robinson, one of their former top targets in the class who committed to Northwestern uh, back in May. Uh, with Northwestern's firings, including defensive line coach Marty Long. Nittany Lions came back around, got Mason Robinson on campus just two weekends ago as well, uh, and just did a fantastic job there. And uh, getting back into that recruitment and finishing it off, they picked up his commitment last Monday, I believe it was. And then they also, at the end of this past week, picked up linebacker Gavion Keyes, another former top target. Uh, a top target at the linebacker position, a guy that they were very high on in the summer. He officially visited during the summer. Uh, he wound up committing to North Carolina when uh, at the end of August. But we said on the podcast, we said on the site when he committed, this recruitment wasn't going to be over. Penn State was going to push for that recruit for him throughout the rest of the cycle until Penn met paper. They got him to decommit a couple uh, two weeks ago, uh, and slowly pushed for him and over the next couple of days and they were able to get him to commit and he will sign with the Nittany Lions this upcoming Wednesday. That was a really big recruiting win for the Nittany Lions here at the end of the site. All three really were, but especially Kavion Keys fishing out a great linebacker unit for the Nittany Lions in this class. Go along with Tony Rojas and Tamir Robinson. There are of course a couple other guys in there that Penn State recruited, but these three Linebackers are really pretty much at the top of Penn State's board at the position. And to wind up with all three is just a fantastic job by Manny Diaz, by James Franklin, and by any other coach, really, who helped on uh, any of the recruitments uh, throughout the cycle. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just a tremendous job um, on all three accounts, uh, starting with the two defensive ends. Obviously, when Penn State lost to Marion Parker a few months ago over the summer from their recruiting class, that was a big blow for them. He's a, he's a great talent. He ended up at Clemson, and Penn State, for the longest time, is sitting on just one defensive end in this class. And people, and even that one defensive end, Jamil Lyons, there's questions of if he'll stay a defensive end, if he'll grow into a defensive tackle over time with his, which is not with his size. So, you know, there was definitely a question of where is Penn State going to go at that edge spot? And, you know, towards the end here, they found that answer. 
Uh, Mupoi, when he moved from Washington, D.C. up to St. Thomas More in Connecticut, I think that really helped Penn State in that recruitment. You know, the fact that he was teammates with Zion Tracy, a guy that Penn State was able to identify uh, late summer, early fall. Um, I think that really helped Penn State in this regard. And and like I mentioned earlier, he's a great athlete. He's very he's got length. He's got size. He's I think he's like six, five two thirty plus right now. And he's built like a brick house. He's got all the traits you're looking for in a defensive end. It's just he's very raw. Um, he's a guy that he's not going to see the field probably for at least a couple of years. But if he can put it all together, he's a project definitely worth taking a chance on. So I like the pick up there at the edge spot. And for Mason Robinson, obviously, you know, when he committed to Northwestern, it was pretty surprising. Um, it was kind of thought of being at McDonough. You know, Penn State had the inside track on that one. They had been recruiting him for years at that point. He took one visit to Northwestern and fell in love with it, especially the academic side of things. And, you know, before you could even blink, he was off the board for Penn State. But after Northwestern went 1-11 this year, I believe Pat Fitzgerald fired the defensive coordinator as well as the defensive line coach. And that's when Penn State was able to get back into it. And they were able to hold off a late Notre Dame offer and, and get that commitment. So it ended up right in the end with Mason Robinson in terms of where he was being at Penn State. It just took a little bit of a detour to get there. And then definitely the big fish of the week was KV on keys. Um, you watch the tape of KV on keys and it, it's a fun one to look at. He's fast sideline to sideline. He's a very physical player. He plays on both sides of the ball in high school. So he's a great athlete. I mean, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if I think all three linebackers at Penn State got are very talented and they all have the potential to have great careers here. But if Kavion Keys had the best career of all three of them, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. I think that highly of him. So, yeah, I, I that that was a huge flip uh, for Penn State. I, I think just a tremendous week overall and then getting Cam Wallace. I mean, there's the potential to close out even stronger. But, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days with some of their other top targets. But, yeah, great job down the stretch here by the staff, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, you did a really good job of uh, adding supplemental information there on each of those guys. And, um, yeah, no matter how you look at it, Penn State's really close strongly here. We've seen this out, James Franklin and his staff throughout his tenure at Penn State, it shouldn't be shocking. And, and they still have a chance to finish strong. Now, uh, after Cameron Wallace's uh, commitment here on Monday night, I'm not expecting anything in uh, the short term between now and Wednesday. But if this recruiting cycle, and we'll talk about it in a second, has proven anything, it's that anything could really happen. There are a couple targets out there for Penn State, you know, the Ninny Lions, are still, you know, targeting the transfer portal quite heavily uh, on top of some 2023 recruits. Let's talk about those 2023 guys still out there. Uh, the, the big name out there is cornerback Daniel Harris. And, Anthony, this is one of the craziest recruitments I have ever seen. Um, heading into Monday morning, Penn State was in the lead for Harris. I, I was very close. I actually did submit a future cast back in favor of Penn State. No, no quicker than, sorry, no later than 10 minutes after I posted the article and the future cast. 
I get information that it is no longer Penn State lead, it is now Georgia lead. And, and as I said on the boards today, if I changed my future cast every time I was told either team between Penn State and Georgia program was in the lead uh, between Penn State and Georgia, I would probably have changed it about 10 times right now. As of Monday evening, 8.31 p.m., Georgia is in the lead, and I think this one's going to stick. I think I think Harris on Wednesday morning will sign with Georgia. If Penn State finds a way to grab him, that it would be an incredible win for the Ninny Lions on a recruiting trail. It's a tough loss for them. It is without a doubt a tough loss. This is somebody they've really wanted in this class. They've been pursuing him so long. Uh, they had him on campus in June for official visit. They were right there when he committed to Georgia originally. They looked like they were going to land him after he decommitted from Georgia last month. They were close to getting him a few times here during this month. But Kirby Smart and the uh, SEC uh, and what all that entails, as uh, some may you know, be able to figure out there, uh, were able to win this recruitment for Georgia. Uh, and I, I don't think there's really anything that James Franklin and his staff could have done this recruitment that would have changed it. Uh, this was uh, to a degree out of Penn State's hands. Uh, we can go deeper into this recruitment at a later date, but it, it does seem like the Nittany Lions are going to come up short for Harris, which which is unfortunate, but they are putting together a very strong secondary class As and in, in the meantime. That being said, not all is well with the current class in secondary either. Uh, Conrad Hussey uh, has been to Florida State, and I do believe he did visit Georgia this past, sorry, Colorado this past weekend. Uh, However, um, the team that is actually now possibly in the favor to flip Hussey is the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, And if I had to bet on what happens Wednesday, I, I think Hussey will will sign with Miami, and it's going to be another tough loss for Penn State. High ceiling player there, I think a high four player. Some of they, again, really loved, obviously, but um, really tough for Penn State when it comes to the secondary and finishing this one out. Not just losing out on Harris, but now potentially losing a commitment from Hussey on uh, the early signing period would be a really tough way to, uh, to end this first part of the cycle. Uh, what you got any thoughts on Harris or Hussey? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'll start with uh, Daniel Harris. I mean, if you're Penn State, there's really not much more you could have done in this one. I mean, to Georgia is the defending national champions, and there's a chance that they will end up being back to back national champions. In fact, those chances are pretty high for Penn State to even get Daniel Harris to back off of Georgia, and they were the reason he decommitted. That's let, let me fix something. Sorry, I, I just I asked Richie about Hussey if he was able to confirm if he made it to Colorado. Hussey did not make it to Colorado. I do apologize for that. But my either way, Miami remains the team to watch there. Sorry, as you were saying. Yes. Um, for Penn State to even get Daniel Harris to back off of Georgia was an accomplishment in and of itself because Penn State is as great of a school as it is and as great as it did this year and at great as the program is probably has no business flipping any kid from Georgia at the moment. So, I mean, 
the staff did literally everything that it could have done. But at the end of the day, if he does end up signing with Georgia, you know, they're just going to come up a little bit short. And that, that is what it is. Harris is a great talent. Um, you see a lot of Joey Porter Jr. When you look at him, he's six foot two, six foot three, great length. You know, he's the kind of corner that you definitely covet, especially in the big 10, when you're going up against Ohio state's receivers every year, that would be, it, it'd be a tough loss. But you know, Penn State. He, he would have been a, a guy who could potentially play right away for Penn State next year. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and that's the other side of his recruitment is that Georgia has a ton of DBs on their roster right now, and a ton of young ones, and a ton of really good ones. While Penn State has a talented DB room in its own right, there's definitely much a much better opportunity for Daniel Harris to play early. At Penn State compared to Georgia and I think that's been Penn State's biggest selling point this entire time to him as well as the success of a guy like Joey Porter Jr. So yeah if a tough loss for Penn State if it if it does come to be but in the at the end of the day Georgia is Georgia and besides the you know the NIL part of it or the SEC part of it they're still the defending national champions and that holds enough weight in and of itself. Now moving on to Hussey He's a guy that's kind of been, you know, it, it's kind of been for the last few months. Is he going to stick? Is he not? You know, I think people have just been kind of back and forth on him to begin with. But you know, for the most part, he's been, you know, he's still committed, which to a lot of yeah. people would be a surprise. And, and really up until the last two weeks, it, 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 it was really quiet on that front, really for any of the Florida kids. Uh, I mean, King Mac has locked down his recruitment to Cardi Nelson, Alabama kid, but Al- to Cardi Nelson locked down his recruitment. Uh, and I, I remember I, I, I put in a story, it, it was really quiet on the front of those guys down in the South, which are so hard to hold on to. And then just hours later, Conrad Hussey showed up on campus at Florida State. And since then, it's been Florida State. Then you heard uh, Colorado, which I, I did correct my Self, he did not make it to Colorado, but Colorado was trying to get him on campus. But now Miami is the one that seems like uh, the leader for him. Uh, it, it, it's really come on quickly the last two weeks. But as you said, still committed as of Monday night. Yeah, so we'll see if that commitment still holds come uh, the next couple of days. You know, obviously we both have our doubts, but you know, we'll, we'll see if Penn State can pull a rabbit out of the hat here and keep him in the class. So, you know, again, talented player, uh, one that you definitely don't want to lose. But, you know, if they did end up losing Hussey, if you keep King Mac, if you keep, you know, Dakari Nelson, you keep Elliott Washington, which it seems like as of right now, you know, nothing nothing is going to happen with those guys except for them signing with Penn State. You, know, you still have a tremendous defensive back class. And all it means in my mind if you don't land Harris and you and Hussey flips to a Miami or Florida state, you just have to go find yourself a, a cornerback or something in the portal, which they've been offering anyway, just to get some extra depth there. So, you know, it's, it, it would suck because you know, there's a talented players that you'd be missing out on, but in terms of how badly it would hurt Penn state, you know, it's, I, I don't see it as like a catastrophic thing. It's just a, a tough loss. Yeah, it's it's not a, it wouldn't be a, a a loss for Penn State that you know would ruin the the recurring class or make you feel uh, worse about it. 
with Hussier or without Hussier, it's a very good recruiting class. It's a very good secondary class. The Nitty Lions will be just fine there. But he is a superb talent. He does have great athleticism, great skill set, great foundation. Somebody you could see really being a a playmaker for Penn State down the road uh, if he does sign with them. But if he doesn't, the staff has done a great job of identifying talent like Hussey, and they will continue to do so. They, they will be able to replace him, maybe not with a 2023 kid necessarily, but they will be able to replace him in some sort of fashion. Um, also worth noting, uh, 2023 Juco DT Quintrail Jamison Travis. Uh, I, I do think at one point or another he will – he has a good chance of landing in this Penn State recruiting class. Uh, they tried to get him on campus this weekend for an official visit. Things didn't work out scheduling-wise for him, uh, but uh, he is expected to get back on campus sometime next month, um, which obviously means he won't be signing this week. Uh, but if he does get on campus, I really like Penn State's chances there, and I think, uh, like I said, there's a great chance he winds up in this class once he does get on campus. Um, which will be a big pickup for Penn State. They are looking uh, for, you know, a neat, they are looking for a defensive tackle in the 2023 recruiting class, but also uh, in the transfer portal, he kind of falls in in between somebody who could come in and impact your uh, defensive line right away. Uh, had a nice season for Iowa, Iowa Western, uh, helped lead him to a JUCO national title. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but I do like where Penn State stands, even though he didn't get on campus this weekend. Um, before we end in the transfer portal, Anthony, any other 2023 prospects you want to discuss or have any questions about as we, you know, are nearing the area of sign-up period? Uh, yes. Uh, who did Penn State offer along the offensive line uh, recently? It's class of 2023 kid. He was committed to Old Dominion. I'm totally blanking on his name, but I think he's oh, someone worth listening. Yes. Um, uh, I am also, I, I don't want to butcher the name, so I'm, let me pull it up here very quickly because I did tweet it out last night. I'll still probably butcher the name, uh, knowing me, as if anybody listens to this podcast, they know exactly who we're talking about. I'm not exactly the best with names. But, yeah, uh, a rising offensive lineman in the 2023 crew class is uh, – I got his name. I got it. Chimdi Ono. Ono. Chimdi Ono. Definitely a prospect to watch. I'm not sure where Penn State will be in his recruitment going forward. Uh, I think they'll definitely, you know, make some visits to him. He is Baltimore, attends Dundalk High School in Baltimore. Uh, six foot six, two seventy, good size. Was committed to Old Dominion, but has blown up over the last few weeks. Um, like I said, I'm sure they'll visit him at some point. Maybe try to get him on campus, but uh, still a little early to tell what their exact interest level is going to be here, but they are desperately trying to find another offensive lineman in this class. Christopher Otto down at, in Key West, Florida, another name to watch if he doesn't sign here in the early signing period. Uh, maybe he gets to campus next month. But uh, Chimdi Ono, 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 
uh, definitely a name uh, to watch. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, especially with Penn State still looking for offensive tackles. You know, that's that's a guy that I think has been a late riser. Uh, that's somebody that, you know, hopefully as a fan, Penn State pushes forward to get another tackle in this class. Yeah, and you look at his offer list so far, um, Penn State definitely his best offer on the table. Uh, other schools that have offered – uh, Connecticut, James Madison, Nebraska, Rutgers, Syracuse. Um, he is planning a trip to Rutgers, but this is a, a recruitment right now that if Penn State wanted him, I think they could definitely uh, land him if they do make a push uh, sometime next month. And like I said, Chris Ferrado out of Key West, Florida, another name to watch on the offensive line as we head into uh, January after the early signing period. It is a currently a dead period in uh, across college football. Um, so only, uh, you know, contact over social media, over the phone is allowed. No visits until, I believe, uh, for transfers June 4th through June 8th. And then I think for 2023 prospects, it ends a week after that. I forget the exact off the top of my head. But it's going to be a while until these kids get on campus. And then, you know, from mid-January until uh, that second Wednesday of February, it's going to be another uh, really fast-paced recruiting uh, little cycle there going on as teams look to add last-minute guys to their classes. And, I mean, this is the part, not right now, but next month, is where Penn State – uh, last year, identified, found, well, found, identified, and recruited uh, Vega Ione, who has really become one of the Penn, one of Penn State's gems going forward on the offensive line, based off everything we've heard and what we've seen on the field. Uh, so Penn State's had success in that part of the cycle before, and, and we'll see what they have up their sleeves again here uh, in January. Any other thoughts on the twenty twenty three guys? Yeah, no, definitely. They're going to find some guys over the next month, month and a half in order to bring into this class. It'll probably be around, you know, 25, maybe 26 by the time February rolls around. But yeah, um, just focused on the next couple of days. Like you said, to wrap up, the biggest storylines are definitely going to be, you know, does Daniel Harris end up at Georgia and can Penn State hold on to Conrad Hussey? Hold on to Conrad Hussey. Now, it is worth noting that Jurion Dickey's still out there. Penn State is theoretically in Dickey's, uh, you know, top three with Tennessee and Oregon. Oregon just did lose a commitment from Dante Moore. He flipped to UCLA. Um, so never say never, but that is another name to watch. Can, if Penn State can get Dickey on campus in January, I think anything's on the table then, but I think that's also a big if if they can get him on the table. I do think they would like to potentially add another wide receiver uh, in the 2023 recruiting class if possible. We do know, of course, that they are heavily targeting wide receiver in the transfer portal, which we could use that segue here. Uh, transfer portal recruiting not going as great as many would have hoped uh, so far. Uh, Dante Cephas, do you think Penn State is still in a solid spot for him, but he is coming off a visit to UCLA. His uh, former 
uh, quarterback at Kent State, uh, Colin uh, Schley, uh, did commit to the Bruins over the weekend while on official visit himself. So I do think that UCLA is a legit uh, threat to Penn State for Cephas, but I still like the Nittany Lions' chances here. There has been no intel on when Cephas is deciding to make a decision, if he's just going to enroll somewhere and show up. We'll see, but with Cephas, UCLA is the program to watch right now. But I do know Penn State felt pretty good about their chances with him coming out of his official visit two weeks ago, or last weekend, I should say. Uh, Oregon wide receiver and one-time Penn State commitment, Deontay Thornton. Um, that is not going Penn State's way, to say the least. He uh, took a visit to Auburn two week, uh, last weekend, was at Miami this past weekend, and now it sounds like Tennessee can be in play as well. It doesn't sound like he's going to make a decision during during the early sign-in period. Um, will Penn State be able to get him on campus? I mean, registration deadline for Penn State with new classes in the for next semester, I think is January 8th. Uh, that doesn't leave much time for them to get him on campus after the dead period. Uh, now, I don't think it is necessarily a recruitment where he needs to get on campus for Penn State to have a chance, but obviously you'd really like to, for him to do so um, because if he doesn't, I do think the chances are limited. Um, West Virginia wide receiver Caden Prather appears to most likely be headed to Maryland. Uh, the Terrapins have been the favorite to land him since he's entered the portal. Uh, Penn State would have loved to have Prather. They did go in home with him, uh, but it seems to be to no avail. It, it, I would expect Prather to uh, sign with the Terrap or enroll at, at Maryland at some point here over the next couple of weeks. Anthony, like I said, transfer portal hasn't been going Penn State's way here early on. What are your feelings about, you know, wide receiver recruitment in general, the transfer portal, those three guys I've mentioned? Where are your, where's your mindset right now for Penn State as they look to address a need a wide receiver now with Mitchell Tinsley and Parker Washington both gone and into next season? Yeah, I think it can definitely be frustrating as a fan when you're watching some of these other schools bring in uh, transfer portal targets. Michigan's done really well so far. Florida State always does well. Michigan State's gotten a couple of guys. It's it's tough to watch those schools bring in guys that are helping their teams, and, and Penn State's been pretty stagnant. Now, if you're if you're paying attention, you would know that they haven't been stagnant. They've been offering guys left and right, especially wide receivers. They've probably offered about eight or nine wide receivers in the portal at this point. They are very much trying to get some of these guys on campus. They are trying to get uh, guys in the portal. They've also offered a couple of defensive backs. I believe they've offered one or two defensive linemen. So they're, they're trying to be smart about it because they don't have a ton of holes to plug in the portal, but they, they do have some pieces that need to be filled in. And so, you know, you talked about those receivers, um, Cephas is definitely, I think, the top target at this point. He's the guy that they 100% you know, want to get, and Penn State should be able to get. We'll see if you know they're able to get it across the line. Uh, Thornton strikes me as kind of an NIL recruitment. You know, we'll see what happens there. And um, Prather, 
kind of an odd one in my opinion you know it just seems like he had his heart set on maryland from the very beginning which is you know hey do you man but yeah, that's a tough one because i know penn state was really waiting for that one and for them to not even really have much of a chance kind of stings but you know they got to get at least one receiver in the portal especially with washington and tinsley you know both going to the nfl you know they have some young guys in that room but they got to get a proven pass catcher and and they are very much aware of that yeah and what really hurts i think about thornton the most is i i think thornton probably out of the three guys probably has the highest upside in terms of a guy who can be a, a true big playmaker for a team, a game changer. I now see if and Prater both can be that as well. But you look at this Penn State team heading next year, and the one thing that they're really missing is that game changer and wide receiver. If they could get a game changer and wide receiver, Penn State would be set on having uh, one of the best offenses, not just in the Big Ten next year, but all in all of college football, uh, especially if Drew turns out to be the quarterback that they think he can actually be. Um, so it does hurt missing on, uh, possibly missing on Thornton and, and, and Prather. We'll see what happens with Cephas, but uh, I definitely expect the Navy Lions to take one, two wide receivers at least in the portal. But but right now it's it, you got to worry about getting one of them, let alone two. Uh, will they get a, a game changer at this point? I'm not sure. I think Cephas has a chance to be pretty good, but I'm not sure he's going to go out there and, you know, light it up. I think he could provide a uh, Mitchell Tinsley type uh, of season for the Nathan Lions if they were to land him, but um, nothing is for certain right now in the transfer portal. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely not. So um, I think the best thing is just patience is a virtue. Uh, just uh, just be patient for now. Um, you know, like like I mentioned, this is a team that doesn't have a, a ton of holes to fill in the portal. You know, because I, I think at this point, too, a lot of what they do depends on who declares for the NFL draft. You know, and I think a lot of that can be very telling with the portal these days. Like, they haven't really pushed for a linebacker. Does that mean they expect Curtis Jacobs to come back? You know, they haven't really – they didn't really push for an offensive tackle, mostly because Olufashanu and Caden Wallace are most likely coming back. So it can almost kind of be an indicator of what they think certain guys are going to do on their own team as to how hard they push for some of these other guys in the portal. Yeah, agreed. And it, it'll be interesting to see how the portal treats Penn State here going forward. Outside of the wide receivers, it's been qu quite quiet on the transfer portal front for Penn State. Just really sent out offers right now and and seeing what they can get out there and and who's has mutual interest, so on and so forth. They, they they're going to eventually strike some gold here, I'm sure. And I think they can. They're still going to land with a couple really high quality players out of the portal. Uh, but as you said, for for fans, it, it can be frustrating to see other programs, uh, you know, get these big time or commitments out of the portal, and, and Penn State, you know, is is kind of still waiting for that first bite. Um, especially when you look around, you see lesser programs, quote unquote, uh, having more success. I mean, uh, you look at uh, Minnesota. 
the Gophers in the last two days have picked up, uh, I believe, two transfer portal commitments, and they have four transfer commitments over the last two weeks. Uh, I, I also covered the Gophers. Um, now, obviously, they're not targeting the same level of player as Penn State, uh, but uh, I, I definitely can get the uh, the anxiousness out of Penn State fans and uh, the Navy Lions finding their guys in the portal. And again, these uh, again, these deals, uh, quote-unquote, sealed. Um, any other thoughts on uh, Penn State's recruiting efforts as we head towards the early sign period on one side? Yeah, um, not necessarily yeah, directed um, towards Penn State. Dylan, mute your mic. Not necessarily directed towards Penn State, but uh, guys that have left Penn State in the transfer portal and found homes elsewhere that I figured would be worth updating. So two guys so far, um, number one, uh, defensive end, Rodney McGraw, um, who is committed to the university of Louisville. So pretty good landing spot for McGraw. I wish him well, hope he does good things down at Louisville. And then, uh, this one definitely, uh, rattled some Penn state fans a little bit. Quarterback Christian Veyer, uh, has landed at Pitt. So not too far away but at a school that obviously Penn State fans do not like. So uh, Christian Veyer has crossed over to the other side of the state and will be presumably for now the QB2 of Pitt. But once uh, Phil Jerkovich uh, graduates next year and moves on, safe to assume that they're lining him up to be quarterback one. So that's going to be a very interesting dynamic uh, for a lot of Penn State fans. Um to compare between, you know, Drew Aller and Christian Veyer over the next couple of seasons, you know, now that he's on the other side of the state. So very interesting one there. But those are the only two so far that I could find. To my knowledge, Davon Townley, Jeffrey Davis. I'm not sure if anybody else has entered the portal yet from Penn State, but none of those other guys um, have made their decisions yet. But also, Penn State has picked up a transfer portal addition we have not mentioned. They picked up a punter. Uh, which was surprising to um, a freshman all American punter. A freshman all American punter, but he's not really a true freshman, I believe. He's Australian, so like there's some weird thing that he only has like one or two years of eligibility. But anything anyway, Riley Thompson from Florida Atlantic uh, has committed to Penn State. It is a scholarship edition, so they he was a freshman all American, like you mentioned. So yeah, a good pickup there in special teams. Obviously, Penn State wants to keep the punter lineage strong, and they felt that he was a guy that they wanted to go get, and, and they got him. This kind of came out of nowhere. I really wasn't expecting it. I didn't think at first it was even a scholarship pickup, but then I saw that it, it was a scholarship pickup. So, yeah, you know, you always want to keep those rooms strong, and, and Penn State, you know, got what seems to be a really good punter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you Penn State fans know better than anybody outside. Uh, on top of you know Utah as well, um, these programs that consistently have good punters. Having a great punter is the ultimate weapon in college football and, and football in general. A guy who can flip the field. Uh, so great pickup for Penn State there. I, they do have Alex Paquetta uh, also. So it will be interesting to see what happens with those two. Uh, but I, I think it's a very good pickup for Penn State. And, uh, you know, you can never turn down a good Australian punter. You, you just never can turn it down. Uh, so I'm just excited to watch uh, some Aussie 
uh, punt a football for uh, Penn State next season, potentially. Uh, that, like I said, you can never turn down a good Australian punter. Um, yeah, so real quick, real quick, looking at his stats from the 2022 season, um, 61 punts, an average of 45.4 yards uh, average per punt, um, and a long of 71. So that's that's a, it's a pretty good punter. It looks like he's got a pretty good leg on him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned transfer portal, uh, the outgoings. Uh, you were correct. Ronnie McGraw and Christian Vare are the only guys to announce uh, their new destination so far. Malik McNeil, Jeffrey Davis Jr., and Devon Talley all still remain out there for um, in the transfer portal. We'll, and we'll ultimately see where they do wind up. Um, also worth noting, uh, since last time recorded, Parker Washington did declare for the NFL draft. He will, of course, miss the Rose Bowl due to injury, but he will officially be gone next season. Another player who's declared that he will be entering the draft is Nick Tarbert, in which I get it uh, from the sense that his draft stock was probably not going to rise at all if he returned to Penn State. That being said, definitely a guy who, while wasn't a huge impact player for Penn State, was a great depth player in some of the they probably wouldn't have turned down uh, bring him back next season. Uh, but we'll, we'll end up seeing what Tarperton's uh, NFL prospects are like. Uh, I, I assume at best he's a late, you know, sixth, seventh round draft pick. Uh, and But he, he, right now I'd probably lean towards an undrafted free agent. We'll see. Um, any thoughts on Washington or Tarperton announcing their departures? Yeah, Tarbiton on the surface sounds like an interesting one, but it makes sense when you think about it. You'll unmute your freaking mic, bro. But yeah, uh, Tarbiton, um, he, like you said, he really was kind of capped out with his potential. Um, I don't think an extra year in the program was really going to do a whole lot for him in terms of raising his draft stock. And plus he has an injury history um, in his first couple of seasons. He barely played due to injury, if at all. And there was a lot of question amongst Penn state fans, if he was even going to ever play football at Penn state due to his injuries, if he was going to have to medically retire. So it's pretty impressive and a big accomplishment for him that he's been able to overcome those injuries and have a really solid career along the defensive line at Penn state. He's been a great contributor. Like you said, you know, in the run game, stopping the run. Um, and I think the run stopping could be a little weaker next year due to Tarbert and not being there to plug those holes. But it makes sense for him to go make that jump, see what his NFL stock is, if there is any, and see if he can stick anywhere, whether it's, you know, on a roster or on a practice squad, see if he can have an NFL career. I don't blame him for making this decision. I think it was the right one. And also, sorry for everyone who's wondering why I keep yelling at Dylan. Like he, his mic echoes, he knows it echoes and he keeps forgetting to mute himself. So I'm hearing myself echo and I know it pops up on the recording and I've known him for so long. So I'm just going to yell at him and you guys get to laugh at it. Hopefully. Other than that, I, I think we really don't have much to talk about. Joey Porter Jr. remains the only uh, opt out for Penn State for the Rose Bowl, which is obviously good news for the Nittany Lions. they They'll need all the help they can get to beat this Utah team. This is a very good Utah team. Um, but other than that, uh, I think that will wrap everything up here in today's episode. And we'll uh, 
We'll be back. I, I'm assuming we'll be back on Wednesday to, you know, talk about the 2023 recruiting class a little bit more in depth with Marty. Uh, but until then, everybody, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. And be sure to go over to Nindy Nation subscribe. We have a holiday sale going on right now. You can get uh, access to the site for uh, pretty, pretty cheap. Right now, you only can pay $22 for the entire year, which is just $183 a month. Uh, go go take advantage of that deal. We're, we're giving information away every single day of the week. Uh, Anthony can attest to that. He is on the board. Um, so, yeah, be sure to go subscribe. Uh, check out what we got, got going on over there. I'm excited to be heading into the 2024 recruiting cycle eventually, my first full cycle as the recruiting analyst at Indian Nation. So that should be exciting. And uh, the sky's the limit for us over that site. So be sure to go subscribe and follow us uh, on Twitter as well at PSU365. Until then, everybody, have a good one. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. And have and see ya.